I think when we go through trials in this life, and it appears that Jesus is not answering our prayers, perhaps his delay is for even a greater work that he intends to do. You know, sometimes we, we ask, Lord, what? What are you up to? Why aren't you answering our prayers? And it could be that he intends to do an even greater work. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. John chapter 11, looking at the resurrection and the life today, and, and it does, the story of the resurrection of Lazarus from the grave takes up a majority of this chapter. We'll go through verses 1 through 44 today. In his gospel, John recorded two significant groups of sevens, and here we find that he gives us the climax of the first group of sevens, that is the miracles of Jesus. And this is the climax he chose of all the miracles that Jesus performed while he was here on this earth. He chose seven, believing that these would be sufficient to lead someone to understand who Jesus was and is. And this is the climax of the miracles. There's also another group of seven, and that is the I am statements of Christ. And in this passage, we have the fifth I am statement where Jesus said our memory verse for the month, John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And so today we're going to look at the resurrection and the life, John 11, verses 1 through 44. And we're going to break it down into four sections. He whom you love, verses 1 through 16. He shall live, verses 17 through 27. See how he loved him, verses 28 through 37. And loose him and let him go, verses 38 through 44. I'm not going to read the context because it is a large passage. I'll just kind of read the scripture as we go along to help us move along. You guys know I have a tendency to get a little long in teaching, so we're going to try to move it on a little bit here. Not me. I kick myself on Mondays when I get past 50 minutes. And then a few weeks ago, I went 60, and I was just, I kicked myself all the way to Tuesday on that one. (laughs) Then I forget about it and get going again. And uh, I try. I strive for 45 minutes, and we'll see how we do today. Let's go ahead and pray and ask God to bless the teaching of his word. Thank you, Father 
for this day you've given us, a day that we can gather together and to worship you and to look into your word. We thank you, Lord, for John who took time to record your story and the story of our Savior Jesus. Through the empowering of your Holy Spirit, Lord, as you worked through John then, I pray, as it's already been prayed here today, that your Holy Spirit would work through us as we look into your word this morning. Help us, Lord, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This church, we pray this day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, verses 1 through 16, I broke this section into he whom you love. And we're introduced in verses 1 through 5, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And it's the first time that John introduces this brother and his two sisters in the Gospel of John. He'll continue to speak about them in chapter 12 as well. And we also meet them from Luke's Gospel. And so we get a little bit of knowledge of this brother and his two sisters in the Bible. But the first introduction by John here in chapter 11, verses 1 through 5, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. As I said, it's the first mention that John gives to us of Lazarus, Mary and Martha in his gospel. But in verse 2, he gives us the idea that the first recipients of this letter knew about Mary. This is that Mary which anointed Jesus, as he said in verse 2, with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, he doesn't tell us about that Mary until chapter 12. And he'll tell about the anointing in chapter 12. So it tells us that John was writing to a group of people that knew this family. In fact, they called it the town of Mary. She became famous for her act of devotion to Jesus, which we'll look at when we get to chapter 12 as we continue this study next week. But this could be the same woman that was unnamed in Matthew 26 and Mark 14, they told of a woman, both Matthew and Mark, unnamed, who anointed Jesus. And at the end of that, Jesus said, Matthew 26, 13, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. This will carry on and will remember and will know this story. And I think it's seen, as John says, this is that Mary. This is her, the one who anointed Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Well, the sisters, as we have read, sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And Jesus was staying in the area where John the Baptist has first been baptizing some three years ago when John began baptizing and then ultimately introducing Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah in the area of the Jordan. As we closed out in chapter 10 last week in verses 40 through 42, we learned that Jesus retreated from Jerusalem 
because of the death threats that had come against him. And he went to the area, it tells us in scripture, where John was baptizing, John 10, 40, where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. So Jesus hung out for, it seems, a couple of months in this area, and they knew where he was at. They sent word to Jesus about Lazarus. And I love it how they sent the message, the one whom you love, he's sick. Well, we know the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. He loves everyone, right? But I think as John records here in the gospel, there is this uniqueness of Jesus that those to whom he came in contact with, everyone felt that they were greatly loved by Jesus. And John would not only mention that the sisters said this about Lazarus, John himself, he describes himself, never uses his name in the Gospel of John, but merely describes himself as the one whom Jesus loved. And some might think, well, wait a minute, I thought that was Lazarus. I thought he loved him. And John says, no, well, he loves me too. And then actually, in John 13, 1, it says, now before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And John tells us that Jesus loves Lazarus. He loves me. He loves the world. He loves those that he gave his life for. So the resurrection of Lazarus, it was not a sickness unto death, although he died. But Jesus was seen beyond the death saying that this was going to be to the glory of God, God the Father and God the Son before all the people. Now it's good for us to remember and may we never forget about the great love of Jesus that he has for all those who believe. I think sometimes we forget about that and we need to remember Jesus loves me, this I know. I remember uh, hearing one of the pastors talk about Pastor Chuck Smith, his uh, second pastor at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa for so many years was known as Romaine. Nobody knew his first name. I know what it is now, but he only went by his last name, Romaine, and he was an ex-drill sergeant in the army, and uh, he brought that into ministry with him. He was a very hard guy, and I know that personally because I felt the wrath of Romaine a couple of times. But they were talking about Romaine when he passed away at his funeral and how he would love to sing, which was really surprising. You didn't get that impression from him. But I guess if you got him alone and they were driving to a retreat somewhere and Romaine would say, let's sing the, the good one, the favorite song. And they would sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Simple song, but one that we should remember. Well, the light of this world in verses 6 through 10. So when he heard that he was sick, Jesus hearing that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then after this, he said to his disciples, let's go up to Judea again. And the disciples said to Jesus, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he will not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if he walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Jesus' delay set in motion an even greater miracle than healing 
a sick friend. Perhaps, and it's hard to get the exact timeline, some believe, as far as the Bible commentators are concerned, that by the time they came to tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick, that he had already passed away. But the delay in itself set in motion an even greater miracle. It, it doesn't matter if Lazarus had already passed away or if Jesus would have arrived just as he passed away. He had healed a little girl, remember? When she had just passed away, people had seen Jesus do this before, raise someone who had immediately died, and perhaps they would say he brought her back immediately, a good thing, but maybe not perhaps a great miracle. But here it would set in motion an even greater miracle. And I think when we go through trials in this life, and it appears that Jesus is not answering our prayers, perhaps his delay is for even a greater work that he intends to do. You know, sometimes we, we ask, Lord, what? What are you up to? Why aren't you answering our prayers? And it could be that he intends to do an even greater work. But his announcing to his disciples now, hey, let's go back to Judea. The disciples, they feared for their lives. They reminded Jesus, Lord, they tried to stone you there. And we read of two such attempts in John 8, 59, and last week we learned in John 10, 31, that the Jews had twice picked up stones to attempt to stone Jesus. But he went on to talk about the 12 hours of the day versus the 12 hours of the night. And he could have been talking about his limited time. We are just a short period away. In fact, by the, when we come to chapter 12, it'll be six days before Passover. So we are counting down within perhaps that last month, a few weeks before his death. And Jesus referring to the 12 hours in the day, that this is the time that we work, the light of day. It may have been referring to his limited time before his crucifixion, when the sons of darkness would have their way over the son of light. Jesus said in John 12, 36, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Also using this illustration of light versus darkness, we just know the, the tendencies of people. Almost 99.9% .9 of the time. I could go into the VBS skit line there, but I won't take it any further. 99.9% .9 of the time, people who are out in the late night, they're up to no good, 99.9% .9 of the time. And those who are home in bed sleeping and waking up early in the morning and getting up and going about their day, they're going about good things. There is a light versus darkness in this world. And Jesus reinforces the importance of walking in the light. And I believe he's reinforcing the importance of walking in the light of God's will for our lives. To walk in the darkness, it speaks about rejecting the call of God upon our lives. And we need to walk in the light that we might become sons and daughters of the light. But Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And I pray that you have that light of life. And that means knowing Jesus as your savior today. So he goes on with his disciples, verses 11 through 16, and he tells them that Lazarus is sleeping. He says, these things he said, 
And after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke about his death, and they thought he was speaking about his taking a rest and sleep. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. We'll come back to Thomas's statement there in a moment. But when hearing that Lazarus was sleeping, the disciples thought, this is great. He was sick. Now he's resting. It means he's getting better. But we find in the New Testament that when the Bible speaks about believers dying, it always refers to them as sleeping or as sleep, death as sleep. When Stephen, our first martyr of the church, was stoned to death there in Acts 7, 60, it says he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And then when he had said this, he fell asleep. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52, it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We shall not all sleep. I like it that we rest in Jesus, whether living in this fleshly body or uh, going from this earth, we sleep in Christ. But Jesus said that you may believe. I'm glad that I wasn't there. And here his delay caused even a greater miracle. As I said, Jesus had already brought a little girl who had died and she had immediately died. They had gathered the people of that town there in Capernaum and they had Jesus coming to the house where the little girl was sick and then the people came and said, don't bother the master any longer because your daughter has died. And Jesus said, don't believe them. Only believe. And this is the guy who said, Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. And Jesus went in and put the people out. And they laughed him and said to scorn because they knew that she had died. And then he said to her, little girl, arise. And so they had heard about Jesus bringing someone back from the dead before who had immediately died. But here it had been four days that he was in the grave by the time he returns to Judea. And so that you may believe. He said, I am glad that we were not there. Now, the disciples, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but this would confirm it, even make it a more sure thing in their hearts. Have you ever had that happen in your Christian faith that you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? You believe that you're saved. You believe in Christ and you've been walking as a believer, but something takes place in your life that helps to solidify that belief, to make it even stronger. And that's what was going to take place for his disciples there. So he said, let us go. And we come back to verse 16, and it's Thomas who says to his fellow disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. Now, we can take that a couple of different ways. We can take it as Thomas the pessimist or the optimist. Uh, we could take it as 
saying, let's go that we can also die with him there. Or let's go that we can also die with him there. We know Thomas as who? Doubting Thomas. Man, he's gotten such a bad rap throughout history for the last 2,000 years. We also learn here that he's called the twin. That's what Didymus means. Thomas the twin, so he had obviously a twin out there somewhere. Personally, I like to believe that this is one of faith. Let's go, that we can also die with him there. The disciples had that type of faith, but they were going to see and understand about the great love of Christ. This miracle would be for a confirmation for his disciples. But all they needed to know, all that we need to know from this is that Jesus loves us. This I know. Well, he shall live, verses 17 through 27. Let's look at verse 17 through 20 first. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. So here we find that it was close. Bethany was very close to Jerusalem, only a couple of miles away. Bethany is going to become a very important place, location. Uh, in the final week of Jesus, it would be where he would spend his nights. We never read of Jesus spending the night in the city of Jerusalem. But he would spend his nights there in that final week in the area of Bethany, only a couple of miles away. But by the time they arrived, Lazarus had been in the grave for four days, which would remove any likelihood that some have said that he swooned while he was in the grave. You know, the coolness of the tomb. They say this about Jesus, too. After his crucifixion, after being beaten by the whip, a cat of nine tails, some 39 plus times. We know the Jews, the rule was 40 stripes, and they, by tradition, would always do 39 unless they lost count. They didn't want to go over the 40 stripes. So traditions of the Jews would have been 39 stripes. It was a cat of nine tails, so 39 times nine, and it was the Romans doing the beating. And so only if they wanted to stay into the Jewish customs would they have held back. People say of Jesus that he swooned. Merely the coolness of the grave caused him to revive there. But there's more at play than this. They buried the man. And they buried him, as we'll see toward the end of this passage, in grave clothes. The same grave clothes that they used for Jesus when he was buried. Not the same exact clothes, of course. But they wrapped him as it was their custom. And the Bible tells us, John tells us, that they had a hundred pounds of myrrh and spices that they wrapped Jesus' body in. So we can assume the very same thing took place with Lazarus. Here, he's in the grave. He's been placed in his grave clothes, wrapped up in these ointments that weigh a tremendous amount. And you're not going to revive under that. In fact, it would probably ensure that you're going to be dead even if you had some life in you and was still barely breathing that no one could tell once they put that 
napkin over your face, they probably ensured that that person was gone. So we've seen in this message, the resurrection and the life, John 11, verses 1 through 44. He whom you loved is a reminder that all we need to know sometimes, just fall back on Jesus loves me, this I know. Maybe you can't remember every worship hymn that we do here at Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa, but I pray we never forget, Jesus loves me, this I know. He shall live. You know, faith is just a reminder for us today. Faith is not merely about the there and then, when we get to go to heaven one day, but it's about the here and now and how we conduct ourselves and live for Jesus Christ this day. Father, I pray that you would help us to know that. And if there are those, Lord, who have just kind of bound up with life and sin and just need that to come to you and to hear you say, loose him and set him free, loose her and set her free. I pray, Lord, that you would work in our midst today, that we might be set free and know the life that you have intended for us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.